papers are biased, the Idaho Press Club are biased, all media, newspaper, radio. To be completely blunt here, Brian, and there are plans to expand indoctrination. That's right. Well, Idahoans are also concerned. Horror shot. That line would be moving a little bit farther west. I'm like crying. Nobody wants to Dark see. Dark money is influencing policy in our state. Well, that's not how this works. Well, hello there and welcome to Nowhere to Hide. I am so glad that you could join us today and uh, really excited for the opportunity to talk about common sense as rhetorical cover. Now, when, when I hear people talk about, well, you know what we need? We need common sense gun laws. We need common sense, uh, you know, tax expansion or common sense this or common sense that. It makes me think of this old adage of, uh, you know, some old farmer driving down the road and there's road work going on. Something, you know, we tend to see a lot during this time of year. And everywhere he looks, there are big signs, men at work. And after he's seen about the 10th uh, sign, he turns to the person in the car next to him and says, you know, where I come from. You didn't need a sign to tell you there were men at work. You could tell just by watching them. And I think in, in the same vein of, you know, common sense ought to be more self-evident as far as uh, it, it, you shouldn't have to tell me, hey, this is common sense. But it seems like that's a favorite ploy of politicians. And I'm going to give you a perfect example of what that looks like. Ah, here we have it. A new coalition seeks to end Idaho's closed primary elections. Now, they're doing this under the rubric of it's just common sense to do so. Idahoans for open primaries will attempt to qualify a ballot initiative for the November 2024 election. Now, this is from the Idaho Capital Sun, but uh, boy, all the news organizations have been a Twitter, pun intended. They have been so excited about this because oh, finally, this is going to represent a wholesale change that finally we're going to get control of the political system from those evil Republicans and their closed primaries. And by the way, there's a, a lot of Republicans who are saying this as well. Kind of a curious thing. So the article says organizers with Reclaim Idaho. Uh-huh, we've run into these folks before, have teamed up with several other organizations to file a ballot initiative for the 2024 general election designed to replace Idaho's closed primary elections with open primaries that any Idaho voter could participate in regardless of political affiliation. The initiative would also change Idaho general elections by creating a new instant runoff, also known as ranked choice voting system. Well, isn't that interesting? It just seems like in this last legislative session, didn't legislators actually pass legislation rejecting, like decisively rejecting by a supermajority uh, that they would have ranked choice voting? We'll talk a little bit more about that as, as we go on here. But understand, this is being framed in the context of, well, by opening these primaries up to everybody, we're just increasing everybody's voice. No, they're not. Look, I, I'm going to just be blunt about this, and some people are going to take offense, but the masses are always easier to fool than people as individuals. Okay, what's it? Uh, Charles Mackey said, you know, men go mad in herds, but they come back to their senses singly and slowly. Okay, politicians understand. If you want to get something done, the first thing you've got to do is buffalo the masses. You've got to, you've got to baffle them with your BS, and it's so much easier to do under the rubric of, look, this just gives you, you know, a voice. This is the same way the 17th Amendment was sold to the states. Well, instead of electing senators through our state legislatures, why, we just let the common people vote on who their senator is going to be. Look at that. It gives you a voice. But it did something else. Yes, the people had a voice. And the people, uh, you know, people in politics understand the masses, the, the mass of people are far easier to fool than, say, members of state legislatures who at that time were appointing senators to the United States Senate. So what that did was it shifted the allegiance of those elected to the Senate or appointed to the Senate, not to the states, but rather to the federal government. 
It was a huge nail in the coffin of federalism. And uh, again, this isn't taught in, in many civics classes or history classes. And why would it be? It doesn't favor those who are in power at the moment. But basically, the people lost their representation as a state and just had it swallowed up in the masses, which, you know, you look at the amount of money that's spent on political advertising. It's not so hard to see why, you know, given the choice of, well, I need to convince these delegates or I need to convince, you know, these uh, these state legislators versus I need to convince the masses. The masses are going to be much easier to convince because typically they're not thinking these these things through. They just, they know, oh, that one gives me warm fuzzies, that name does, and this one gives me an evil chill up my spine. Again, related to the political advertising. So let's talk about this again in, in the sense of, uh, so why do, we need to, uh, why do we need to open up Idaho's primary? Well, the new coalition called Idahoans for Open Primaries represents a collaboration between the Idaho Task Force of Veterans for Political Innovation, North Idaho Women, Represent U.S. or Represent Us, Idaho, sorry, the Hope Coalition and Reclaim Idaho. Members of the Idahoans for Open Primary Coalition filed the, the initiative Tuesday morning at the Idaho State Capitol in Boise. Now, they may have the best of intentions, but this is about gaming the system. And, and I want you to see this. This is from former Republican Speaker of the House, Bruce Newcomb, who added his name as one of the first 20 signers of the Open Primaries Initiative. He said, this is a simple, common-sense reform that will give us better elections and better leadership. All right, anytime a politician uses the term common sense, that's a tell. If it was really common sense, they wouldn't have to tell you it's common sense. Common sense ought to be self-evident. It's like, you know, going to a used car salesman. Well, the sign says Honest John's used cars for less. You know, he couldn't put that up if he wasn't really an honest guy. Look, if they got to tell you they're honest, if they got to tell you it's common sense, there's probably a con that's going on. And I would say in this case, there is definitely a con that is taking place. Better leadership, you know, better representation. What do they mean by better? What they mean is people who are more in lockstep with the status quo, less likely to insist on the principles of limited government, greater freedom, lower taxes. In other words, it's this is big government advocates doing what they can to try to sell a box of rocks to the voters under the guise of, well, this is allowing you to more fully participate in the process, but it more importantly allows us to grab power that we really, really want. All right, back to the article. Supporters of the open primary initiative oppose the Idaho Republican Party's closed primary election, which is only open to Idaho voters who file paperwork affiliating with the Idaho Republican Party. Now, it should probably bear mentioning that uh, the Idaho Republican Party is a private organization. This is not a state agency, so it, it's not uh, essential that they have this open to everybody. And, and OK, I'll point this out here in the, in the, in the next bit. In 2011, the Idaho legislature passed a law that was House Bill 351, closing Idaho's primary elections. Now, even though the law closed primary elections, meaning it limited it only to those who were part of that party, it also gave leaders of political parties the ability to choose to keep their primaries open. Now, the Idaho Democratic Party opened its primary elections to all registered voters. I don't mean to be, I don't mean to be unkind when I say this, but I don't blame them. They are very much in the minority and I think traditionally have been here in Idaho. And basically, they need all the numbers. They need all the warm bodies that they can get. Unfortunately, though, over the years, people have found that, well, if I just go and vote as a Republican because it's open and then I can change my affiliation afterwards and vote as a Democrat in the general election, essentially what they're doing is gaming the system. 
And, and where you see this in states with truly full open primaries, California comes to mind. I don't know if you remember, you know, 20 some years ago when Arnold Schwarzenegger ran for governor and it was an open primary. You had a porn star. You had, you know, all these different people that were running. But generally, I think he was the exception. He was I think he ran as a Republican and won. But the last time California had an open primary, two Democrats ended up on the general election ticket. So it can be gamed by the people who have the most money and therefore the most access to the public and, and can influence them just into that name recognition, you know, demonization game against lesser well-funded opponents. Now, you may say, well, that's the way it goes. You know, the, the most money should win. Are you sure that's how you want it to go? I mean, if it's really about good representation, maybe there should be something at play more than just, you know, the financial wherewithal that a various candidate that various candidates may have access to. So keeping that in mind, yes, the Democrat has an open primary and that's fine, but the Republicans as a private organization have chosen not to. Well, this new open primary initiative is designed to fundamentally change elections in Idaho. I, I want to commend the Idaho Capital Sun for some rare truthfulness in what's what they're really all about here. And, and this was seen in some of the different journalists tweeting, why this could really change everything. And they don't mean in a way that, wow, finally, government will be more accountable and more transparent and responsive to the people. It could change everything in a way that makes it easier for the power seekers and the opportunists, the people who believe that everything not under control of the state is by definition out of control to get their hands on power. And they're very upset right now that the, the people in Idaho have, through the system, elected people who are actually holding a pretty hard line on freedom and limited government. So if it qualifies for the ballot and is approved by a majority of voters, the open primary initiative would do away with the closed primary system. In its place, the initiative would create a top four primary election where all candidates run against each other in the same primary election, and the top four vote getters would advance to the general election in November. Now, again, there's the appearance of, well, that's just democracy at work. But here's the kicker. Procedures for the general election would also change to include a new instant runoff process, which is also commonly referred to as ranked choice voting. Now, this ranked choice voting is uh, is a bit problematic, notwithstanding the fact that last year the legislature actually outlawed it and, and said, no, that's not what we want. But uh, we'll, we'll go into some more detail here. This is from the uh, uh, Foundation for Governmental Accountability. And this is, these are some of the downsides of ranked choice voting. And I would, I would really recommend, please don't take my word for it. Look into this yourself. Ballots in ranked choice voting elections are more complex than traditional one-person, one-vote elections. In other words, you have to learn how to game your vote. And, and I'm not sure that that was the intent of, of how these elections are supposed to be held in the first place. Well, if you, if you put these three, but basically you have to vote for every candidate on the ballot if you want your vote to count. And there's a thing called exhausted ballots. That means if, if none of your candidates uh, advance to the, the top vote getters, then basically your votes don't count. So in ranked choice voting, you know, exhausted ballots will, will silence the voice of significant portions of the electorate. Okay, that's not exactly giving you a greater voice. That's just, hey, you either run with the herd or not. Well, what is your vote really about? Is it about just, you know, codifying or or uh, otherwise putting a, a signature of approval on what the majority wants? I know for some people, for people who are, you know, accustomed to groupthink and who prefer the safety of the herd, that's a great thing. For people who are concerned with the principles of good government and especially of limited government, that doesn't sound like a very good deal. Districts using ranked choice voting have lower voter turnout rates. 
Sometimes it's because of just confusion over the, the, the ballot. Sometimes it's just people are like, this is too much work. I just want to cast my vote and be done. And finally, ranked choice voting changes and delays the election counting process. Well, I can't see how that would be a problem, uh, except isn't this one of the reasons why people have some serious trust issues with our elections in the first place. The more those votes are delayed and the more the the counting of the votes is delayed, the more opportunity there is for monkey business. And well, does that sound like you're trying to deny that we have the best systems out there? Yeah, that's very much what I'm saying is that some of these doubts I think are well-founded. I mean, look, I'll, I'll point to the Arizona election. Where, where Carrie Lake lost by not a huge majority, but it, it was just enough. And it was because the, the, the counting was delayed and there were problems with the ballots. And basically, the more you complicate the system, the more you give people who want to game the system the opportunity to do so. So don't be surprised if we reach a point where people are like, you know what? These elections count for nothing. Now, people who are power seekers, people who are opportunists, they want us to believe that, well, these elections are all about who gets to tell the others what to do. And in a pure democracy, that would be the case. We don't live in a pure democracy, though. In a republic, even though the majority may say 50% plus one of us want this to happen, that doesn't always mean that it's the right thing to do. And that's good. That protects your inalienable rights. It protects my inalienable rights but we've got this instant gratification mindset going, and there are plenty of politicians who want to take advantage of this. So one of the conclusions of FGA.org is strengthening the trust that the American people have in the election process should not be a partisan issue. In other words, it shouldn't just be Republicans going, hey, what? what's going on? Is there cheating going on or is there some kind of gaming of the system? And by the way, I think those are perfectly legitimate questions, which, by the way, have not been litigated. Yes, Fox News settled with Dominion voting systems for uh, some ungodly amount of money. It doesn't mean that uh, the discrepancies in the questions regarding the 2020 election were ever litigated, at least to the satisfaction of getting some real answers. Nobody wants to touch it. And it's not because the merits of the case just aren't there. People are scared. And, and, and politicians, most of all, we can't have people doubting, you know, the, the efficacy of our voting system, but we do. We doubt it because there are people trying to game the system. And why are they trying to game it? That's the important question. It's because they want power. So when you say this is just a common sense thing, that's just rhetorical cover for I want more power, but I've got to get you to, to agree with me. So uh, we'll portray it as this is a common sense thing. It gives you more of a say when it really doesn't. Banning ranked choice voting is a measure that everyone ought to support to protect election integrity, which is why the Idaho legislature banned it in their last session. All right, let's move on to a less controversial subject, shall we? Because I know that one kind of gives some people the heebie-jeebies. Here we go. What? Oh, Idaho Tribune reports a shock poll shows one in four high school students now identifies as LGBTQ. And we're supposed to believe that kids aren't being groomed. Really? Now, it's brought up a few other things, and this is this is something that was also reported by Action Idaho. School employees, this is this is actually policy from the Idaho State School Boards, the Idaho School Boards Association. School employees should not disclose a student's transgender status to parents without consent or legitimate need to know. That's parents they're talking about cutting out of the uh, out of the equation here. Unless they have a legitimate need to know or unless the student has authorized such disclosure. This is official policy driving a wedge between students and their parents. I mean, look, how is this not an issue? 
when we were kids going to school. It's only in the last few years that this has, has crept in. I still am very much of the opinion it's a mind virus. It's, it's some kind of social contagion, and it has been relentlessly preached to the kids over and over in the name of inclusion, in the name of social-emotional learning, uh, critical race theory. There's a bunch of leftist ideas that have been force-fed to the kids in the name of diversity and inclusion, and this is one of them. So should we really be surprised? Anna Miller from the Idaho Freedom Foundation responds, the problem is much bigger than this article estimated. There are actually 26 school districts in Idaho that have adopted these transgender policies. And these boards are abusing their power by stripping parents of their right to protect their children. Now, I say this with someone who, uh, my, my, my wife is a, a public school teacher, but parents, if you are concerned about what is going on here, if this uh, surprises you to see, look, these, look at these districts. These are not, you know, all the big city Ada County districts. No, these are even small school districts that have it. If you're concerned about this being force fed to your kids, it may be time to start thinking of an exit strategy for getting your kids out of the public schools. Sorry, that's going to offend some people, but it, it really needs to be said. I want to refer to this article that Anna Miller wrote. Uh, this was published back in April on the Idaho Freedom Foundation's website. Idaho's bathroom law protects students, but harms from transgender policies remain. Anna goes into great depth in this article. And, and in fact, there's something I want to point out here real quick before I actually dive into the article. I know there's a lot of hysteria and a lot of angst, particularly on the part of legacy media here in Idaho about, oh, the poor transgenders and, and you know, the LGBT kids. Oh, it's such a terrible thing. How can we how can we possibly allow something like this to happen? You know, it's, it's such a horrible, uh, horrible law that, that parents would even want to protect their kids from it. And yet... Here's the, here's the thing. If you will look at the way that, that this article is written, it's, it's very factual. It's rational. It's not appealing to your emotions. It's not uh, trying to tug your heartstrings and, or, or even appeal to your fear. So maybe keep that in mind. When, when you see headlines that make you go, oh, that maybe somebody's trying to manipulate your emotions. And I say that based on, now let me share some information with you from somebody who's actually researching and backing up what they're saying. This is Anna Miller from the Idaho Freedom Foundation. At least 26 school districts in Idaho have adopted transgender student policies. Now, these policies all enforce some variation of the same corrupt gender ideology. Some allow boys and girls bathrooms and require students, or rather require teachers, to use the pronouns and name corresponding to a student's gender identity, regardless of their deeply held religious or personal beliefs. Other policies keep parents in the dark by providing that disclosing the student's transgender status, even to parents, could result in termination for district staff members. Others authorize training teachers and staff members on gender diversity. Now, lawmakers have recently tried to curb some of the harmful effects of these policies. A recently enacted bill, Senate Bill 1100, requires public schools to separate bathrooms, locker rooms, showers, dressing areas, and overnight accommodations based on students' biological sex. The law protects students in these 26 school districts who have adopted transgender bathroom or locker room policies. An evaluation of every school district website across Idaho shows at least 31 districts enforced a transgender student policy before Senate Bill 1100 was considered by the legislature. Since the bill has become law, five Idaho school districts have revoked these transgender policies, leaving at least 26 districts still enforcing these policies. Now, every school district will now have to update their policies to comply with state law. However, other harmful aspects of the policies remain. For instance, the 26 school districts that have adopted these policies can still force teachers to undergo training in gender diversity. 
They can force them to lie to students by using their preferred pronouns and even hide a student's struggles with transgenderism from the child's parents. Some districts have not adopted a formal transgender policy but maintain administrative guidelines or implement gender support plans instead. Not exactly transparent, is it? Anna writes that the widespread adoption of these policies in Idaho are largely due to interest groups who push radical gender ideology and pressure public schools to work around state laws and sexualize education at ever earlier ages. For instance, the Idaho School Boards Association has promoted transgender policies since at least 2015. The state's largest teachers union, the Idaho Education Association, trains educators in gender ideology, including how sexual orientation and gender ideology are being recognized and accepted earlier in children. Wow. Recognize and accept it. How about promoted earlier in children? And they've said that uh, Senate Bill 1100 is an attack on LGBTQ plus students. Public schools will surely continue to lift to lurch leftward rather under such pressures. Now, look, this is going to be kind of a controversial thing to point out, but uh, hey, can we just acknowledge No one is telling these kids what they ought to be doing in their private lives. You know, the time they spend outside of school. Why have these policies wormed their way into the school systems? In fact, why are they becoming a centerpiece of what public education is all about? I mean, it's it's, to me, it it seems a lot like there's an agenda that's afoot here. And it's it's aimed at trying to introduce kids to these ideas, trying to uh, seduce them into embracing this particular ideology. Uh, by the way, I've, I've got some just world-class sophistry from uh, from one of the most world-class sophists you will ever read, uh, insisting that, oh, this is, this is not a choice, why no one would choose this as an ideology, but uh, that, that doesn't exactly ring true. Back to the article. Indeed, the sexualization of children has already gained a strong foothold in the state's schools. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention reports 40.3% of schools have a gay-straight alliance club. 14% of schools train teachers in gender ideology. 21% of schools provided students with LGBT information. 39% of schools teach curriculum promoting the LGBTQ agenda. 35% of schools encourage the use of gender-neutral pronouns such as they, them during instruction to recognize gender diversity among students. 68.6% taught students about respecting gender identity, and 52.8% of schools direct students to gender-affirming providers not on school property. Yeah, I'd say it's quite the fad. And, you know, the only good news I can point out here is, look, things that go up quickly tend to come down quickly. But right now, this appears to still be in its ascendancy. And I'm not sure exactly what we need to make of that. Anna's article goes on to point out traditional education respects parental rights to decide where and how their child should learn. But school districts have taken by gender ideology believe parents have no right to dictate what schools teach their children. Right? Those parents aren't the experts. Who do they think they are? Yeah, some some educators have actually said that out loud. The ideology strips away the delineation between private and public life in schools. Transgender policies in Idaho school districts are just one example of how this is happening. Clearly, more needs to be done to stave off these disasters. Now, Anna points out lawmakers took a positive step toward protecting children this session, but public officials must continue to reinstate the unalienable authority of parents in family life to direct their child's education and care. Okay, now that's common sense. A traditional education model of objective truth and human dignity must be regained. 
Now, let's get a counterpoint here from our resident sophist, Jim Jones, who states in an editorial in uh, the Times News, in spite of the fact that nobody has been able to point to, a, to evidence of a transgender problem in Idaho, Jim, try opening your eyes, legislative miscreants targeted this bullied minority, causing untold grief and dread for them and their families. Okay, Jim, I, I believe Jim ostensibly is a Republican, but... Um, Really, he's kind of a wet your finger and see which way the wind is blowing kind of guy. No one has pointed to any evidence that this is going on, except for the, you know, 26 school districts that still have these transgender policies in place and still the push to get uh, more and more graphic information into the schools and more and more LGBTQ activism. Yeah, but other than that, really, you know, there nobody's been able to point to any evidence, but come on. The, the, the rowdy parents at the, the school board's uh, meeting up in Caldwell a few months ago, you can try to maintain that was all just a product of their overactive imaginations and why well, they, they didn't even know what they were talking about. Their concerns are well-founded. They're not stupid. And they see very clearly what's going on. Now, look, they're not trying to impinge on these students who have, you know, gender dysphoria or who otherwise have some kind of con- confusion about their sexuality. But that needs to remain private. That's not something that needs to be dredged up and dragged in front of everybody. And, and worse, everybody must affirm it for the sake of, you know, the peace of mind and, and uh, you know, to, to, make, uh, to make the kids who are struggling with these issues feel better about themselves. In fact, I, I would argue um, by, by feeding that dysphoria, by feeding that fantasy, you're doing the equivalent of, you know, telling an anorexic person, wow, you do look fat. The problem is in their mind. And then that's where they need to get help. And, and you know, some people will take exception. How dare you say that they have a mental problem? But it is because their, their connection with reality in some way is being interrupted. And the cure is not, well, we need to get everybody else to, to throw away reality and, and just start chanting in unison or affirming in unison, as the case may be, you know, what somebody else's fantasy is. They have no right to draft everybody into their fantasy. And, and here's the, the crazy thing. Most people are perfectly content to live and let live. In other words, if you're having a struggle, nobody considers it their job to make your life more difficult. You know where it becomes a problem and where you're going to get pushed back and you actually will see anger on the part of parents who do not want this garbage fed to their kids? It's when you start dragging it in front of the kids or you're dragging it in front of other people and insisting you have to agree to, to say the lie. You have to speak the lie. You have to pretend along with me. You know, I, I know I'm not the only one who feels this way as far as I, I'll treat anybody with the same respect that I would want to be treated with. In other words, I, I live the golden rule. But if you insist, if you demand that I will, you know, bend the knee to, to your ideology, sorry, <laughs> you're not showing respect to me and, and you will likely get little respect in return. Now, really, what I want to be do, what I want is just to be left alone. But they won't do that, will they? I mean, for crying out loud, you know, we're, we're, we're now in, in the month of May and, you know, June is Pride Month. And, and from what I understand, Pride Month is now being expanded to a five-month period of Pride that will go all the way through September. To claim that this is a bullied and, and rejected, you know, marginalized section of society, don't give me that garbage. This is one of the most accepted segments of society ever with the full weight of popular culture, of entertainment, of, uh, you know, corporations, of government backing it. And anybody who marches out of lockstep with it is, is punished or canceled. 
I, th- I think that's just projection. The idea that, well, they're just bullying and they're just trying to make people feel bad. No, that's, that's you. That's, that's on you. So it, it begs the question, what can we do? What are the likely solutions to the problem that we face? All right. Well, I've got a couple of them here. Um, first and foremost, you have got to stake out the sovereign territory of your mind. I love this, uh, this thought from Seb Lee. If you thought the last few years was fake, wait until you see the next 10. The field is going to be hijacked by so much imagery that you will literally be unable to tell what is true and what is not, unless you disconnect. I think specifically he's talking about disconnect from those mainstream sources that, uh, that exist for the purpose of deceiving and confusing and lying and preventing you from seeing the truth. Now, the beauty of this is when you disconnect from media, first of all, you'll find that your, your sense of anxiety and your sense of frustration or anger diminishes noticeably, usually within the first you know 30 minutes to an hour. Within a few days, the world starts to look more normal and, and you find out the things that really matter are still there. If you want to go find out information, you can go look it up for yourself, but you're not dependent upon the spinmeisters to tell you, well, this is what it all means. But you've got to remember, with, with the advances in AI that are coming, and they're coming faster and harder than ever before, it is becoming harder and harder to distinguish between what is real and what isn't. And when you have people actively pushing a disconnect from reality, that's just going to get tougher. Now, here's an even more common sense solution from my friend Connor Boyack, he says, I don't think we'll save our country at the Capitol or in the courtroom. He's right. If our country is to be saved, I think it'll happen at the family dinner table. Now, that's a place where you have absolute influence. What kind of love are you showing for your kids? What kind of connections are you building with your family? How are you teaching them to recognize the difference between truth and error? If you're looking for a long-term solution, that's where it's going to start. And you've got to be thinking long-term. It took us a while to get into this mess. It's probably going to take us a few generations to get out of it. I'm Brian Hyde, and this is Nowhere to Hide. ...are biased, the Idaho Press Club are biased, all media, newspaper, radio. To be completely blunt here, Brian, and there are plans to expand indoctrination. That's right. Well, Idahoans are also concerned. Horror shot. That line would be moving a little bit farther west. I'm like crying. Nobody wants to Dark see... Dark money is influencing policy in our state. Well, that's not how this works. 